Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dubai, oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a buddy quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet. Michael Sidgwick still enjoying some well-earned time off, sat by a pool, probably reading his brilliant book, mm. Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW, which is available right now on Amazon. I'm joined by Hamlet to talk about AEW Dynamite. And I don't want to upset Sidge if he's listening to this right now, but I had a weird emotion watching this show. It felt like a lot of big things happened, mm-hmm. But I didn't feel they registered for me as much as they probably should have. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, sorry, we're, right? I didn't realise we started. Sorry. <clears throat> Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the Bojack Horseman <laughs> podcast, a spoiler-free episode by episode audio <laughs> podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series Bojack Horseman. I'm a socially distanced Michael Hamflit, and I'm Adam Nicholas. <laughs> I, I wish, mate. <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. Um, I came in the office, and the very first conversation we had about AEW Dynamite, pretty much, like, we both had this Miraman take. This was eventful. This was absolutely an eventful edition of Dynamite. Why didn't it feel like that? We have said for years now, actually, that AEW, above all else, is a um, a vibes Mm. product, right? And that's a really good thing because you, uh, you you want good vibes and you chase them. And the highs are subsequently enormously high. And the lows are kind of frustrating because you're like, no, just give me the highs. And mm-hmm. they can't all be highs. We know this. But like, what you want is the highs. It's not the way you watch WWE. It's simply not. It's a different feeling. It, it registers emotionally in a completely different way. And that's a good thing. Um, and I think this was one of those cases where there just wasn't that... This didn't have the energy of a great show despite having the ingredients of one. Mm. I think... I, and I really... And I guess sometimes wrestling is that. Like, the crowd weren't bad. wasn't the best crowd of the year, but they weren't bad. The episode, if you look at it on a piece of paper, would probably play as one of the big episode, bigger episodes of the year. If you consider at least two of the things that happened on the show that had 
pretty enormous consequences, mm-hmm. right? You, you you should be coming away thinking, well, that was a memorable dynamite for this reason, or that was a you know a memorable. Like I say, it was eventful, but yet it didn't feel like a big event. A very, very strange edition of the show in that regard. Not necessarily bad. No. And, uh, like, a couple of matches, like, I genuinely cannot wait to talk about and put over and praise. And, uh, like, a couple of angles the same. But at no point, it was as if, right, it was as if, like, there was a volume knob and it was stuck. Like, everybody wanted to turn up to 11, Mm -hmm. but it was on 7 and and nobody could wrench it. And they've got, like, somebody with, like, Eric Bugenhagen's strength going, (laughs) ah, and screaming it and trying to turn it as hard as he possibly can. And it's just stuck and nobody can switch it. And it's like, do you know what? I think I'll switch it. Like, one of the biggest payoffs we've set up. The continuation, effectively, of an angle that begun when AW started. That's going to, like, turn up. They're going to rip the knob off for that one. We're going to rip our knobs off for that one. (laughs) doesn't happen. And then it just continues on in, in that theme. Mm. Like, we're going to completely tear up the script of the women's division tonight. That'll do it. Total banger of a match. Still doesn't... like In the first hour? Well, I mean, we're going to get to that as well. It's what I mean. Loads of stuff to get to. It certainly doesn't feel like a dynamite like full of complaints or one thing shouldn't have happened at all. But otherwise, yeah, strange. Like, uh, I think if we go through this bit by bit and you've cut this intro entirely... Don't worry, there'll be more podcast horseman plugs coming if you missed the first one. Like, you'll hear it a bit by bit and just hear praise, 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 yeah. praise. Uh, what the hell were they doing out there? Praise, 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 praise. It, it doesn't... F- I, don't, I haven't come into the studio with the energy of that. Mm. We've just come in from having a coffee. Basically. I've come in with the energy from that. Yeah, we are like bonus mid-morning coffees. I had, a, I, had a lat- I had an oat flat white. Tell the listeners what you had. A banana latte! <laughs> Might as well have had a curly-whirly straw in it for dipping a curly-whirly in it. Anyway, let's start at the beginning of the show because it started with Jay Lethal versus Orange Cassidy. We'll talk about him in a second. Mm. Um, back and forth early on, Orange gets the better of it with his counters. Tope on the outside and he's doing his you know, little kicks and Lethal says, I'm not having any of this. Walks up the ramp, out comes the giant Satnam Singh. But how on earth do you counter that? <laughs> you put... <laughs> you put... <laughs> Trent Barretta on Chuck Taylor's shoulders in a big coat. I don't know what you're referring to. I just saw Trent Barretta in his new jacket. What was the Excalibur line? Uh, he said he, uh, he's going off to the stock market to do a business, um, which is the completely legitimate career of businessman Vincent Adultman from the critically acclaimed Netflix series Bojack Horseman. There we go. Of which you can find a um, luxurious episode-by-episode audio review document, not just of Bojack Horseman, but of the complete mental collapse of myself and Adam Nicholas as a pandemic descends upon it yeah. seven episodes in. We, it is a weird sort of like time capsule, isn't it? That? That's our diary of the world going insane. The first six or seven episodes were in the old, like in a building that we're not even in now. Yeah, I remember the old to, studio. Yeah. Like that was the, like in our, our little worlds and indeed on a macro level changed through that podcast, through reviewing the show where we talked ourselves horse about a talking horse. Um, and if you are listening to this and I think in, right, yeah, I've seen this on Twitter today. There's this reference to Vincent Adultman and Excalibur's little line and things like, oh, you follow me or Nicholas or whatever. And there's all this Bojack stuff. Uh, it's not Family Guy with a horse. It's not Simpsons with a horse. It's not South Park with a horse. It's better than all of them. It's the Wire Sopranos tier show. and Emotional, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Uh, binge it on Netflix. Feel sad about it. And then get over that sadness by listening to me and Nicholas talk about it. Yeah, yeah, no offence. But when you first started doing this, mm. or first started talking about it after 
pandemic started and you were like, it's quite emotional. I was like, no, I don't need to go to that place in the pandemic. It was the strangest thing because you're wanting people, like it was great, obviously, that people listened along with us and in some cases started watching because everyone was binging, weren't they, in the pandemic? So it was like, perfect. Like, I'll get into this and then I'll listen to you guys. And we would get tweets like that and we would go, thank you. Like wait for this to be over, but what if it's never over? So maybe start yeah. watching. Like it was, it didn't feel like you know when you know when sort of people like are offering and um, like we're guilty of this sometimes. Like you don't want to be think you don't want to be offering advice outside of your expertise. Yeah. Like if somebody emailed us with this question about something we had no knowledge on, the last thing we want to do is like, I mean, can our funny voices buttons help? Because we can't <laughs> be like serious medical advice. Um. Yeah. It wasn't perhaps in the best interest of everybody's mental health to watch BoJack. No. Um, but if you did and survived it, there's a podcast for you. Speaking of which, I remember when the pandemic first hit, and mm. I remember sitting there just going, yeah, I think we should do I think we should just stop doing wrestling until this pandemic's finished, because it'll be over in a month or two. Yeah. I remember just like, just postpone WrestleMania. Exactly. Do it in June. <laughs> June. <laughs> they in June. By June, they were taking each other's eyes out. Mm. Like, by April, they were throwing people off a building. Yeah. Right, we've gone, uh, we've gone to a dark place. How can I fix this? How can I fix this? Oh. There we go. <laughs> uh, right, back in the ring, Lethal hits a dragon screw. <laughs> Targets uh, Orange's dragon knee. Dragon screw! Uh, traps him with the steps, stomps on it. We go to a break. Uh, when we come back, Lethal's putting him in a figure four. Mm-hmm. Of course he is. Yeah. Uh, Orange gets to the ropes for a rope break. Lethal hits the lethal combination for a near fall. Taunts. That allows Cassidy to come back. Diving DDT. Another DDT gets him a near fall. Goes to the orange punch, but the leg gives it out. Uh, but he does counter a power bomb into the beach break for a nice near fall. Goes for another orange punch, but Lethal counters it into the figure four. Orange reverses that into a, a cradle that I thought might have been the finish. But then Lethal stops an orange punch, uh, or an attempt at an orange punch, I should say. Hits the lethal injection. One, two, three. We'll talk about Lethal and what happened afterwards in a second, mm. but... Can't help but feel they've fumbled Cassidy again. Feels that way, doesn't or it? they've at least, as Andy pointed out when we talked about this in the office, he's just kind of being used to make other guys as title challengers. Yeah, which if that's what they think of him, then so be it. I guess like it's, I can't be angry at what really was, I guess, my head cannon not taking place. Yes, that's that's not the job as like certainly as like as here we are on a podcast. You can feel that way as a fan, um, but it is representative of something that I think we can analyze, which is the. What feels like a conscious attempt to reheat Orange Cassidy may have been put on pause or parked. Cassidy was excellent here. Like, I really want to isolate him for praise for wrestling and showing that he can, with this character, wrestle a very, very traditional style match. His selling was fantastic. Like, he never, ever, ever betrayed the selling of that bad leg. And ultimately, it cost him. Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal isn't, like, the whole gimmick with Jay Lethal is, and I think he's just so boring. But he's not just a professional wrestler. He's a very professional wrestler. That's kind of Jay Lethal's ever. <laughs> as either a heel or a babyface, he's that. If nothing else, he is that, right? So him working the leg and working the leg, and then when he's a babyface, like overcoming with his technical skill, when he's a heel, cheating a little bit, like he just tweaks it ever slightly, but fundamentally that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Like he professionally wrestles. And that's what he did to Warren Cassidy here. So I, on like... On paper, I have no problem with the construction of this. I wish it was somebody else in Orange Cassidy's place. The only thing good about this being Orange Cassidy taking this out was teeing up the awesome best friends gag in the big coat. Otherwise, like find me another babyface on this enormous roster to put Jay Lethal over in a match that's nearly as good as this one and set up Jay Lethal for what he's got coming next. Mm. Because wherever Orange Cassidy was in the rankings, if that was even top five, he's just slipped out of them. And 
what's he got coming up for like the pay per view? Yeah, now probably nothing. Maybe but, trio stuff. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's going to be that. Like, going to be a trio tournament. The trio tournament is such a um, useful device for AW now because that roster is going to get mined for these. Tri- You're going to forget the people are there. They're going to be made into threes, and it's going to make for an awesome bracket. Who's going to be the third member of that team then? So you have got Orange Cassidy, yeah, the tall one who came out and confronted Sam right, yeah. Singh, and then you have got an extra spot, haven't you? Yeah. So. I mean, it depends if they're going to be brave enough to like maybe throw Chris Statlander in there, like his best friends. Because are oh, you right? Like they are short somebody at the moment, aren't they? They're tall, but they're short. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, there's a lot of talk of promotions at the moment, with mm-hmm. expanding their talent relations developmental team. Yeah. Uh, one promotion I'd like to see is Sanjay Dutt becoming an interviewer because I loved him here. <laughs> yeah. He came out so biased. Uh, he asked Lethal about that bell-end Wardlow, basically. Uh, Lethal continues the insults, says he's going to make a statement now, uh, and he goes to Lock Orange in the figure four again. Out comes, uh, well, best friends try to get involved, and then here comes Wardlow, uh, and everyone bails. And Sanjay Dutt demands that Wardlow puts the TNT Championship on the line, a bell of the brilts, mm-hmm. and Wardlow welcomes them to Wardlow's world and says he's going to whoop their ass, which I think means he accepts. Yes. I like this. Um, I don't love it, but I like it. It's a good match for Wardlow to have. I think um, it's not going to be a super. It's not going to be a squash, but it's not going to go super long. Mm-hmm. Like Jay Lethal will will absolutely make Wardlow look great. Wardlow is doesn't need a lot of help looking great, and it's somebody that Wardlow can fairly comprehensively beat. They have done a really good job of um, physically separating Wardlow and Satnam Singh for when that inevitably happens. So that's going to look so cool. That's the pipe in it. Well, I, I mean, it is for me. I, like, <laughs> I think we're trying to wish this into existence, but I at least want to see the face off. Like, how I would book this, by the way, is when Wardlow's defeated Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh squares up to him, and then, like, Jay Lethal backs him off, and we don't get any connection. But you see for a second, like, Wardlow is, like, looks like he's going to be outmatched by this bigger man, but then the bigger man backs off. So I like, like the idea of this match happens, yeah. obviously Wardlow wins, Sanjay Dutt squares up to Wardlow, yeah, and then Satnam Singh steps in, and Sanjay Dutt's just like, the kind of prick it over spare prick at the wedding, <laughs> just a bit in the sandwich. Just I'm here too. I I go for the baby. I feel like Wardlow will beat Jay Lethal, and then that'll be that. This was fine. Le- like Sanjay Dutt was was quite a funny promo here. I did quite enjoy him. Um, I don't know. It's this is a good example of which there are loads on this show where this was a development. This was a booked match. This is a rivalry that's going to get its payoff. It's going to get it at this like Battle of the Belts event. I, things happened that carried along the story. I, I'm just not popping. Mm. I also don't think Wardo's world is as good as they think it is. No. The, he leaves the kind of space that The Rock would leave for finally The Rock has come back to wherever. And it's just not that catch. It's all right, mm. but it's not the, like, we've said this kind of since the MJF thing. By not striking when the iron was white hot, they've allowed him to cool. And mm. I, I just, it's it's fine, but you want to be a bit more, like, again, like, this is where people, I think, sometimes worry that we're too critical of AW. There's, like, a couple of people that can, like, if, if you love a segment, if you love this, if yeah, you love yeah, Wardlow, yeah. great, because I, I think they did everything in their power to make you love it. It just, I didn't get sparks. No, it just feels like the Wish version of Wilbo's world, really, doesn't it? Yeah. That's the words of people on social media, not mine, by the way. I'm, <laughs> just, asking, I'm just asking questions here. <laughs> I've forgotten. Can we have Wilbo's world? We've got Wilbo's world at home. I forgot about Wilbo's world. Way! This latte is a banana from way downtown. Way! Like, nobody has steps, they're all slides. Yeah. Plus, I'll never forgive Piggy for what he did to my boy. So. Anyway, <laughs> uh, right, video package of Hook uh, beating Ricky Starks at the FTW Championship. That broke my heart all over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was also happy for Hook. More on Team Taz a little bit mm. later on. And then it was time for Story Time with Adam Gold, baby. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
uh, uh, Cole came out uh, with the Young Bucks and Cool Cat O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Yeah. And it's so great to see the undisputed, undisputed Elite back together for the time being. <laughs> Uh, he says how great it is to be back, but unfortunately, he's still not medically cleared to wrestle. Um, and he's thinking about what he can do uh, to help the Undisputed Elite. He puts over the group, talks about loyalty a lot. Mm-hmm. It's essential. Um, he came to AW out of loyalty to the Young Bucks. He says loyalty is everything. And then he turns his attention to the upcoming trios titled Tournament. Uh, and he says both him and Carter Riley aren't cleared. And the Young Bucks, if they don't pick Bobby Fish for yeah. the tournament... What are they doing? That's that's the group. That's the team, guys. And he says, well, we're not physically capable of entering the tournament. And if you don't pick Bobby Fish, neither are you. And Fish and O'Reilly attack Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, Brandon Cutler's laid out, I think. Mm. I think he's mainly just shouting (laughs) and filming the whole thing. Uh, And they go to Pilmanize. I think it was Matt Jackson with a chair. And out comes to make the save, to mm-hmm. continue this story arc that we've seen, like you say, from the beginning of AEW, basically. Hangman Page comes out to save the Young Bucks uh, with a pipe, I believe, in his mm-hmm. hands. And particularly of note, who does he help up but Matt Jackson? Yep. Explain why that's relevant and your thoughts on this segment, because this was a seismic thing in AEW. So at this point, anyone that's been listening to us three for long enough will know all this. But if this is your first episode, or if indeed you're just not, like, if if the elite law isn't for you or whatever, Hangman Page and the Young Bucks relationship has been fractured, as has the whole relationship between the elite. But Hangman Page and Matt Jackson was particularly the cruelest and most vitriolic. Um, when the elite were first falling apart, it was Page and Matt that were all too keen to, like, part company. They were never that close to begin with. Matt Jackson, um, when Hangman Page was experiencing a lot of problems in 2020, was the one that called him a jobber from Ring of Honor that we elevated. He's the one that, like, I think it was Matt Jackson that threw the drink at him, but he definitely called him a drunk when Page was looking in that broken mirror and he was suddenly, like, all alone and had nobody. And it turned out to be the Young Bucks and Kenny turning on him rather than the other way around. It was always Matt. Fast forward to Hangman Page conquering all of his demons and all his anxieties and defeating Kenny Omega. He threatened the Young Bucks... Like, as a nice callback to how they didn't accompany him to his first title match against Chris Jericho, he said, don't you dare come out for Kenny Omega. And the Young Bucks hobble out, of course, at the pay-per-view. They've already had their match. And uh, Hangman Page is just about to put Kenny away with the Buckshot Lariat, and Matt Jackson is there. Hangman shoots them a look. Remember the don't you dare? And Matt Jackson just goes, mm, which on camera, because we're not getting filmed here, was a nod. Just a, a <laughs> nod, a nod of, okay, finish him off. Like, we're not going to step in. You do you. We're all we're not cool, but we're not gonna fight each other yes. anymore. This is just done. And then ever since they've been teasing this um coming together again of the elite and of Hangman Page and the Young Bucks, it's been Matt that like we saw on a mobile phone and then it cut to Hangman Page about to be interviewed, putting his phone away. And it's Matt Jackson that like Hangman you see Hangman Page's ghost in the tunnel when the Young Bucks lost the tag titles and it's Matt Jackson that's heading for the tunnel first, but like then Page just disappears off into the background. It's these two that kind of have this, have sort of developed this spiritual, like they hated each other the most, so they now kind of love each other yeah. the most. And they want they want this more than like all of us want this, is for like them too. Which led me to that sort of fantasy booking idea where Matt's like, we know who you want us to pick guys and we've got the guy. And then Nick Jackson goes, Kenny Omega. <laughs> and Matt's like, oh God. Like maybe they won't go in that direction. Maybe they still can because there was no formal 
announcement of Paige being the guy, but you were led to assume that these would be the trio here. Someone asked us a question on the news today about them winning the trio titles and then Kenny coming back. Well, this is it, right? Just being like, all right, guys. Uh-huh. Like, there's a lot of that, and that's the fun of all this kind of thing. If you're into it, there's a lot you can do with it. And I am into it. I, I really enjoy this. The segment was huge mm. on those terms. Huge. Like, the Undisputed Elite have split. Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and Carl O'Reilly have turned on the Young Bucks, effectively turning them babyface. Hangman Page helping them has definitely turned them babyface. Um, we don't know what the trio is going to be, if it's going to be Kenny or Page. The Young Bucks having to pick is that kind of cool elite drama. Page, uh, sorry, the Young Bucks getting their revenge on Cole, Fish and O'Reilly should be this huge thing. It's that, like Adam Cole came in on day one and very tacitly challenged Omega's authority as their... You know, he kind of like overlooked him, didn't he? That was that power struggle was evident from the first mm-hmm. moment Cole arrived. All of this, like, not just big picture stuff, it's massive entire company picture stuff. And it wasn't that big feeling. The kid crying in the crowd was amazing. Oh. Like, they nailed that just in time, especially because, like, once Paige made the save, the dad posted a picture. And he's yes, like, that was a relief. He's fine now. And so they got that shot. Adam Cole did a line, and I wish I could remember what it was, but he said something. It probably was like, you know, like, we're all about loyalty. And the camera cut out, and he just had this glance, like, this sideways glance for a second, and it was to inform the viewer that all is not right here, and the Young Bucks cannot trust these three. But then he carried on talking, and that threw me off a little bit, thinking, oh, well, it's not tonight. That's the tell that the turn is coming, but, like, and we're, it's wrestling. We're supposed to see it before the people do, but it's not tonight. And then it was tonight, and the turn happened, so that should have had this, like, shock value, but it kind of went in slow motion a bit. Like, Bobby Fish applied some sort of sleeper on a Nick Jackson. And then unless I'm misremembering, Matt Jackson stood there for so long before Kyle Riley attacked him that he probably could have, maybe he was in shock, but he probably could have stopped it. Mm. And Kyle Riley, like, mirroring the pace of his former best friend Von Wagner, took quite a while <laughs> to get to Matt Jackson. They do the attack. Adam Cole, like, super kicks Matt Jackson in the face while he's being held, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And it just, this is big, big stuff that, again... Just sort of felt fairly run of the mill. I, ca- I can't explain it. Like, I welcome anybody to say, oh my God, this was the hottest thing of the year. This was like what we've all been waiting for. Especially Paige running out to make the save, making the implicit yeah. explicit in that big moment. And them looking at each other and this, it's happening. It's happening. It just didn't, I don't know. Like, again, like, it's, it's, a, it's a case of like a firework that is lit and finally ready to go off. And it's one of the ones that goes like, and just. It's a it's a it's a wall nearby instead of exploding off in a flash of it color. It did make me think: Should I be popping more for this? Yeah, like I'm sure. Um, I started thinking about Sige, and it's a shame he's not here because mm. I'd love to hear his reaction. Yeah, because I'll be honest, I reacted more as like, there he is, there's Hangman Page. Because I've complained for a lot in recent weeks of like, what's going on with him? Yeah, like I know they were building towards this, and maybe there's stuff going on with being the elite that I've not watched, and mm. blah blah blah. But I was like, mate, you were world champion. They've got all this interim title bollocks going on. Everyone's getting a title shot except yeah. you. And you're just, I know you're, I know they're building to something, but you're just sort of moping around and the Dark Order is going, ah, birthday. And I know they're transitioning to trio stuff, so obviously, yeah. like I say. But I just felt like, wow, they've really messed it up with him since he was world champion. And then tonight, or last night, I was like, boom, there's my guy. Yeah. Right there. So, uh, but I did. I reacted less to, like you say, this undisputed. Should be seismic. Yeah, yeah. Split. I, I, I'll say this now because I want to get. I want to get on top of this early because I can just sense that this is going to be like a certain theme in this episode. Um, there is a piece of garbage on Twitter, an absolute like no good piece of. Shit. 
Um, I'm trying to think who you might be referring to. Here. Rat somebody. Um, and what he does is every week he um, engages with Sidgwick. They like rank it out of 10. Like for a change, that complete loser has come up with a good idea. I would welcome anybody that listens to this podcast, when the link goes out, like give us your dynamite rating out of 10. Because mm-hmm. I sense that me and you are going to share these feelings. Obviously, we haven't got Sidgwick here. He might have shared them too. I'd love to know like a rating out of 10 for this episode, and if this is, if, like, everybody sensed this, was this, like... Murray was similar to us, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, like, was this a sort of... Was this doing the things that should have made it a 9 to 10 that instead was coming out as a 6 to 7? Like, because that's what it felt like to me, constantly. Mm. And, I may, like, I don't want this to sort of be one of them podcasts where it's like, you guys were way too harsh this week. Like, honestly, give us your replies, yeah. and your, like, and your reasons why, with the number, the whole deal. Like, rank it out of 10. Um... I think I think that Rat Mains guy, he's like um, you know, like one of those parody accounts, but he's like a parody of a good person. <laughs> so he just sort of does the opposite of that. But it's like it's a useful it's a useful thing this of all weeks because like that number should like represent a feeling that you've got wrestling. Mm. You know, I, I say this all the time. Wrestling is supposed to make you feel before it makes you think. That's like that's the job of it fundamentally. Like a pop is an, is a direct emotional response. It's not I really enjoyed that. Yeah. There's a there's a big difference. And I think there was a lot more of I enjoy that this is progressing this way than oh my god. And Dynamite has the power almost every week to give you that oh my god. Oh, we heaped the praise on it last week quite rightly. Oh, it was sensational yeah, last like week. An unbelievable yeah, a perfect exhibition of what it can do. Like, and not just even once, segment by segment by segment. Mm. This had all the developments and makings of that episode. It didn't deliver the Yeah, I didn't sit there and go, that's really good for Daniel Garcia. Yeah. At the end of last week's show. I was like, oh my God, he's beating Brian Daniels. Exactly, yeah. Uh, right, Moxley's backstage. He's talking about Jericho versus Utah later, and he says, oh, I don't care. No, he says he doesn't care yeah. uh, about who wins because when the bell rings, he's got no respect for anyone. <laughs> uh, he's trying to hurt his opponent, trying to make him bleed. Um, when the Blackpool Combat Club is all said and done, uh, they're going to make the hot dungeon look like a daycare. He says, Utah and Jericho both know Moxley well enough to know that they better show up next week. When they step in the ring with me, this is not a game. What a like, you know, setting up the match for later for the ultimate boss yeah, at uh, Quake at the Lake. There was a line, and again, it's the sort of stuff that only Moxley can get away with because otherwise, it, in the wrong hands, it's like uh, it's a grenade that's going to go off like in someone's face. Where he says, like, uh, you know, at the end of my matches, someone leaves in an ambulance, even if it's me. <laughs> and he's just like, you are the best mate. Like, I want, like, when him and CM Punk, I'm saying when, I'm assuming he beats Jericho, when him and CM Punk come together, like, it's that feeling where they're both throwing the punch at the same time. I want the world to explode because I never want to know what happens. I just want that to be the end of all of this. It's like, <laughs> well, we hit peak humanity. They both swing a right hand. That's us. Perfect Armageddon. Uh, and then Christian Cage, earlier on in the day, is chatting to, to Tony and slagging everyone off, obviously. Jungle Boy tries to run him over. Yeah. That's a way to get yourself banned before the uh, before the match tonight. Because I was like, how are you going to have this? As I said on the preview, how are you going to have this where Jungle Boy's wanting to get his hands on Christian Cage? Mm. He's out there wrestling. And you're just like, I'll just wait in the back until the match finishes. Well, you try and run him over and security goes, yeah, you can't be here, mate. It was, that's the point, right? It was... Way more functional than fun, this segment. Like, a guy nearly getting hit in a car park should be a total blast, and it felt really fake, but I totally get why they did it. Like, the, Christian hadn't even said a word, and the car hadn't started moving, and he was like, I forget what his line was, he was like, what the hell's going on over there? And then the cut was like, start the car then, Jack. <laughs> like, it, it didn't look real remotely, but I'm glad they went to the trouble of explaining that. That's, like, I'm glad they all continue to think about it, even if the execution's not so hot. I'm going to say something right now, and I'm not endorsing this, but is it wrong? I want to see Tony Schiavone get hit by a car. Oh, my God. 
Like the whole I, uh, one thing, I, what I thought because I could see what was coming. They're in a car park. Yeah, Jungle Boy desperate to get his hands on it, and I'm like, you know, when you're desperate, you you know, we've seen it a lot. Mm. Like Edge spear Dominic, for example, yeah, on, yeah. on Raw. It's like I'm, I was accident, but I was trying to get to. Like I don't want Tony to get hurt, and I don't want him to be be off TV. And you kind of have to write him off for months if that happens. But there was a bit of me that was like, I mean, he could. You know what's like? It shouldn't be as funny as it is. Is uh, a sp- like uh, especially when you know that it's fiction and it's not real. I'm not saying it's not real life. A splayed body is really funny. You know when there's like a like you know when uh, Moxley got taken out and they never paid it off. Yes, and it was like he was in the shape of the hanged man, and it was supposed Ugh. to be this like Reddit tease and stuff like that. But like. When there's a leg and an arm that's just like, Bleh! like it's really quite funny. And you could do a cutaway gag where like you're just like, you see the camera is watching Christian Cage running and you just hear a boom like that. And then the car speeds off Jungle Boy's chasing him down the road. And then the camera just turns around and Tony Schiavone is splayed. <laughs> so nobody's gotten hurt, but like the implication. And then he turns up next week with like a neck brace on. Thinks he's working in a coffee shop again. <laughs> it's the latte! Now I'm just saying, we know TK listens. Um... Just saying that you can still do this, mm-hmm. just maybe tweak it a little bit. So Jungle Boy eventually wins the feud with Christian Cage, mm-hmm. right? Let's say it all out. Yeah. Dynamite. We get a, we're gonna hear from Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. And it's him in the car saying, Well, dealt with that bell end. I'm looking forward now on one of the big guys in AW. You know what? Maybe things are really looking up for me this year. And then you do the Michael Scott scene from The Office with, uh, what's her name? He rolls up onto the hood but with Tony Schiavone. Oh, and he runs over Meredith. Yeah. It's going to be my year. Because I just want him to do the, like, you know, the way she does it. Like, <laughs> it rolls off. <laughs> I thought you meant, like, he was going to pull into work and, like, try and get in the car park at playing Lady Gaga going, it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right. Um, 
out of nowhere. It's time to play the game. What? Yes. Uh, they put a women's match on the first hour. What? I mean, give us the jingle. Oh, this is ladies' night. I'm thinking. Ooh, Bojack Horseman. <laughs> More of this, please. I mean, the match itself, obviously, but certainly don't just put them in the death slot before the main event. Holy goddamn. Like, uh, like every. Remember those, like, really grandiose, too grandiose, quite honestly. Um, I'd say, like, around like the early 2000s, those, like, WrestleMania video packages where it's like, Time has a funny way of showing itself, and all around the world, you've got to celebrate in life. And you'll see these like people as like not a, not a thing to their name, like no money, no home, no future. But like, but for one night a year, they come together around the old black and white television and watch <laughs> WrestleMania. And it's like way too big, yeah. way too big. This felt like like the wrestling world's equivalent of that. It's like time has a funny way of. Uh, not being one hour and 20 minutes, <laughs> but instead around 35. And, and the women are coming out. We're like, what? what? Everybody stops. What? Yeah. Wow. People, people like, they thought like, wait, have I lost an hour? Yeah. <laughs> were you about to just watch Jericho and then and, and you and then go home? I thought this was live, but my fight feed has skipped. <laughs> I want a refund. I was so thrown by this. It was a, a very welcome change. Yeah. Unless... You are Michael Hamble playing the game. Hello. So once again, it was a shout out to Adam Blair at Adam Wilton Four on yep. Twitter, uh, who is keeping track of all this and now has got the standings. Well Ooh, done, Adam. Yes, thank you, Adam. Because I definitely was thinking I can't remember what the scores are, yeah. but I can run you through them. Yes, please. Guess just says guess. Owen one. I think that was Murray. Maybe okay. last week. Okay. Uh, no, wouldn't, I don't know. Michael F the Fed Sidgwick. Yeah, two and three. Mm, not bad. Adam. King of the Mike Wilborn. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge me. Five and two. Oh. And hit me with it. Michael, the encyclopedia handler. Oh, and five. <laughs> Low fives. Um, yeah, I'm five going. time. Five <laughs> time. <laughs> I'm going for the, uh, there was a, you remember Mark and Lard? Yes. Um, they used to have a, um, the Cheesley Cheerful Chart Challenge was a game they had, right? I think it was that anyway. It was one of the Mark and Lard features. Great. They heavily influenced me and you. Yeah. Like one of the Mark and Lard features was if you got a question wrong, it was like a 10 question music quiz. You could go for the reverse sweep. It was like, like it had to be A or B, right? And you can go for the reverse sweep. And if you got a perfect 10 of wrong answers, like you won as well. So like somebody would get like two wrong and it was like, well, you might as well go for the reverse sweep now. So you're trying to guess wrong each time. <laughs> like I, I want a reverse Undertaker streak. Can we get to like, like who will be the one in my 21 and one when I finally get one right? What's going to be the match? So, yeah, you said one hour, 29 minutes, 44 seconds. I said... What a one last week, probably. Yeah, I was going to say, I said one hour, 22 minutes, 36 seconds. Last week, you said, I think it's going to open the show, which is just stupid. But also, if you'd have said that, (laughs) you'd have got it. It I'd have been right, yeah. 32 minutes, 41 seconds. (sighs) Zero hours. That's incredible. Is that... Like, here's a stat. Like, I'm not putting this on Adam Blair's shoulders, but if anybody out there is, like, into their stats or has got stuff like this to hand, how... Many dynamite. Like I reckon this must be one of a handful that mm. have been in like the thirty minutes range on dynamite. Yeah. Like, and even then, like what? Like you could probably count them on maybe two fingers or so. Like, I, uh, <laughs> can you can you think literally think of a match that was in like the sort of the thirty minute range on dynamite? Nope. I can't. But Off there will the be one head. out there. There yeah, will be one out there. But I just, I bet, I bet it's less than five. I'd say with confidence, it's less than five times in three years. Wow. So we wow. got. Wow. We got Thunderstorm, that's uh, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. 
How can I describe this match? Oh, yeah. They beat the living sh- out of each other. Oh, my God. What? Like, were they told, right, um, we're not going to put you in the death slot, but we, you kind of need to justify it. And they went, what if we don't pull a single punch and just shoot hit each other? Oh, my God. Like, this was. And contextually, it works. Oh, yeah. Because, so, Thunder Rosa is wearing the shirt to try and reclaim the sandbag thing. Like, it says sandbag on it as a way, which is that cool thing they do. Good like, night for shirts this week. <laughs> you disarm your bullies by owning the thing, and then it turns out that they were the small people all along for picking on that in the first place. And, like, so she does that, and Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker have an exchange in this match that I don't watch MMA. <laughs> like you do. But if you could sit down with your MMA eyes and find me a fight with an open-handed slap <laughs> as hard as the one Britt Baker leveled like, at Thunder Rosa. Diaz stopped in slap coming out. And, like, welcomed, basically, a return. Like, I have not seen this many raw potatoes since the Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary mm. because they were flying all over the goddamn joint. The, um, the sequence of... I'm sorry I'm trampling over your uh, play-by-play, but the sequence of uh, running uh, rear-view butt splashes at the end... Oh. Jesus Christ, the head snap on like <laughs> Britt Baker on the last one was something else. Megad. So, yeah, Rosa and uh, Baker starts it off. Uh, Baker goes for a quite quick lock jaw, but Rosa counters it, cradle, back suplex. Hater comes in, uh, and Thunderstorm work together to beat her down. Frequent tags. Um, <laughs> Rosa just kicks her square in the back at one point <laughs> for a two. Uh, Hater fires back. That lariat of hers has got some force behind it. Jesus. Wicked. Her and Baker take control, take us to a break. When we come back, Rosa hits a stunner, gets to Tony Storm, hot tag. She runs wild, diving crossbody for two, takes out both Baker and Rebel on the outside, climbs the ropes, hit another crossbody. Alabama slam gets her a near fall. Uh, Thunderstorm go for the double suplex, but in a great touch to really showcase what hate can do. She counters it, tags in Baker. They go for a double team. Um, Rebel jumps up on the apron, distracts Storm. That allows Baker to get rid of Rosa and cut her off and... Uh, Baker hits an avalanche air raid crash off the top rope and uh, tags in Hater. She hits a sliding lariat and a curb stomp, but Rosa comes in the last second to break up the pin. Rosa and Baker, at this point, I think is what we're talking about, just start going at it like bloody... Do you know what it reminded me of? You mentioned Mm. UFC. UFC 269, uh, Amanda Nunez, uh, UFC women's bantamweight champion at the time versus Juliana Pena, and they just in that match, I think they just went... One of us is going to get knocked out. Here. <laughs> so we're just going to swing for Let's it. Let's go win, Millie. I'll give you a clue. It doesn't end in a knockout, but it's well worth watching on YouTube. Okay. Get the chance. Two, it's six, nine, is unbelievable, it? that yeah. fight. Um, and uh, Joe Rogan and, and DC just go bonkers for it. Anyway, <laughs> completely off topic here. So, yeah, they start beating the shit out of each other in the middle of the ring. Baker gets the better in exchange. Air raid crash again. Storm hits Baker with a DDT. Hater hits Storm with a wicked backbreaker. I think mm-hmm. it was Tony Schiavone who was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, simultaneous Germans from Thunderstorm. Storm goes to those hip attacks like you say in opposite corners. And Baker accident. Oh no, Baker gets out of the way and, uh, uh, sorry, Storm accidentally hits Rosa with one. She looks like she's out cold. And then you're like, okay, what's going to put Storm down? Oh, basically a clothesline from hell. <sighs> One, two, three. We didn't call this. I love the goddamn bones out. I think this is my favorite match, wrestling match of the week. Like, yeah, you I, might be up there. Oh, my God. Um, so everything, like, when when execution wasn't flawless, it was gritty and violent, which is perfect. 
because you want to see you want to see something well worked, but then as like there was a constant feeling of a fight. There was a like there, and I believe this was a work, and I believe this was a perfect orchestration of them using a little bit of some people's knowledge, and this is this is really important, right? A little bit of some people's knowledge to inform a worked exhibition of a match. If you Not, watched that and you didn't know anything about that, you still would have enjoyed it. You're just watching a stiff fight, right? You're like, wow, wrestling looks real when it's done really well. That's what you're thinking. Whereas, like, if you know a little bit of some stuff, you also get to think they're just getting out the frustration. Thunder Rose and Britt Baker in particular are just getting out their frustrations on each other, but they're doing it in the, the most professional capacity possible. Mm-hmm. And you'd like to think they'd come back and share a beer or whatever and be like, we made the best of this one. We're not mates, but, like, this is what you can do. I, like... And this was such a good match on its own terms. Uh, we both sort of speculated that this was as much to do with the um, potential impending breakups of both teams rather than the match itself. It was a little bit of both, wasn't it? Because yeah. the match was absolutely fantastic. And then afterwards, obviously, the finish of pulling um, Thunder Rosa in the way of Tony Storm suggests that maybe Rick Baker was right and maybe Thunderstorm are not quite as quick. They can't coexist. Yeah, firing on all cylinders maybe as they may they may seem to do and that'll be like, that doesn't matter for right now, but in a couple of weeks when another match doesn't go right, that's when you start talking about the dissension, all that kind of thing. Baker and Hater were as like slick and smooth together as I've ever seen. There was a point where they were working um, Thunder Rosa in the corner and they were like just hot tagging in and out. Like, yes. Not hot tagging, quick tagging, sorry, in and out putting the boots in, and then, like, Baker in particular, she's so amazing at finding cameras. That camera she found in the corner to do poses in between the two of them, being yeah. something like, this just looks, what a bunch of bastards. Like, <laughs> it, like, everything worked in this. Everything clicked. Everyone knew their characters. This was just sublime stuff. A glittering advert for the women's division. And, like, I don't know if, like, this was a, a little bit of, well, Madison Rain's here. Let's show up. We can mm, do like, yeah. like you know, impress the new boss sort of thing. Like she's on rampage, isn't she? Yeah, uh, she's debuting on rampage, yeah. but like we, they've re- it's not a um, obviously whatever we, she does on rampage, we don't know. But it's not a hidden thing. There's a press release out there saying she's going to be a new coach mm-hmm. for the women. Uh, they just trademarked all elite women or something. It's, what was that? What they trademarked? Something like that. Yeah, it changed rampage to a women's show. If that's what the trademarks for, just get rid of rampage. Like call it all elite women. Just like if you can't be arsed with them on dynamite every week, let's have three matches of this standard on a Friday night. And if the ratings tank, well, they were tanking at Writers Rampage anyway. So just, you know, like, make that make that shift, make that pivot. Or, like, you know, patronise them and give them dark or dark elevation, but at least, like, then give them time and say, look, this is where the women live. Yes, we effed it on Dynamite, but, like, <laughs> here you get them here instead. Because this was a ripper. This was, yet again, a glimpse at what all of this could be all mm. the time. Excellent stuff. Uh, we get a video package talking about Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti getting married. I think from the bloke who did Smashing St. Ives yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Uh, but Eddie Kingston interrupts it and says it's a load of bollocks. And Guevara's got a receipt incoming. Uh, signed the contract. He wants a match with him at All Out. Oh, like, the bit was good. Kingston on the interview, getting angry, was funny. We always say this. Eddie Kingston's best feud is not with Chris Jericho. It's not with John Moxley. It's with the idea of having to be a television character. <laughs> when he's like, I'm not going to stare at this screen like a stupid moron. Like, whatever those words were. Brilliant. Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara, man. Are you taking the piss out of me? Like, surely, every, and again, like, I welcome the replies. Give us your scores, all that kind of thing. Does anybody want this for the pay-per-view? Like, this feels like an enormous, like, Eddie Kingston deserves better. Later on, you've got this promo coming up, right? Where, like, and we always say, you have to be very careful when you're doing the, uh, what's going on with the authority, like Ethan Page doing the, doing the whole deal. Like, the shoot version of that is Eddie Kingston. Because what has he done to find himself 
relegated to this middle of the card nonsense. Like I'm dreading that Sammy Guevara is like, nah, I'm not doing it. Like, but why don't you bring your little friend along and we'll have a, a mixed tag match? Like, and then oh, yeah. it's Kingston Soho versus Conti and Guevara, and it's like fluff. It's I just it's not a dig on Guevara particularly. No, no, no. It's the it, it's we're back to vibes. It's the whole patronizing. Well, he didn't win the feud, but he made him bleed. You're in a fucking barbed wire match. Of course he's made him bleed. Yeah, and like he wins. Let's say he beats Sammy Guevara. He's beat the underling. So what? Mm. So what? It, it just, every, everybody must be thinking there's got to be more Freddie Kingston yeah. than this. There has to be. Um, heartbreak for me again next, because mm-hmm. we got a video package recapping powerhouse mm-hmm. Hobbs. More on him in a second. Yeah. Turn in on Ricky Starks, and they go, Taz, what's going on, mate? <laughs> and he, I, like, I love this and hate it at the same time in terms of I love the way it was delivered, and mm. I hated what resulted from it. Because he basically went, right, I didn't authorize any of that. Yep. I didn't authorize, you know, another match for Ricky Starks. I didn't authorize Hook, and I didn't authorize Powerhouse Hobbs turning on Starks after the match. So you know what? Bollocks. You can sort it out yourselves. Mm. Team Taz is done. Good luck to everyone. Heartbreaking again, as I say. Heartbreaking, brilliant. Like again, like this. This to me was one of like the highlights of the show because this is one of those seismic events that actually felt I felt something for it more than they're just a eh, whatever. Like I love this promo from Taz as well. Like I, if I don't know what's going on in Team Taz, there's no Team Taz. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm Taz. Like that's you know, <laughs> like, kind of uh, important. I should be on like sign off on this kind of thing. I'm at very least fifty percent of this this group. <laughs> what this was was the best possible way to tacitly acknowledge that this stable has worked to utter perfection. Mm-hmm. Like last week's segment was an example that the stable has worked to utter perfection because Starks got over, like uh, Hook went over, Starks got over, right? You've given Hook his dad's belt to now go and defend with like real honor. The FTW title suddenly has all this like familial gravitas because Taz in that fantastic backstage promo was like, that was on our mantelpiece and now you're carrying it over your shoulder. Like I'm a lion hook and he doesn't speak, but he's like, He's nodding. Like, Hook has grown up looking at that above the fireplace, and now he's got it over his shoulder. Yeah. That belt's going to be... That girl who won the 10,000 metres last night for Scotland. I was, I, I was in tears watching that. I didn't see that. What was the uh, Her mum won it, like, 30 years ago. Oh, amazing. And she won the 10,000 metres. Scottish at the Commonwealth Games. Class, get in. Like, that's the sort of thing where, like, that's going to mean so much more, that belt now. Some heel, exactly. Some heel's going to try and take it off him, and it's like, why would you try and take this family heirloom off this, like, young hunk's shoulder? Hobbs ripping through the group... He's not, like, Taz is a badass. So if Taz, is, if Taz comes out and you're, like, bleeding heart, and like, well, how could you do that, Hobbs? Like, that's not in keeping with him, is it? Mm, no. It's like, manage your business, guys. But it's a, this acknowledgement that everybody has benefited from Team Taz. It was awesome, and now it's done. There is a, I'm going to make a lofty comparison here, not least because I think all three can go in this direction. There is a shield quality to splitting these up when you did and how you did it. Like, I, I think this was super, super impressive. Draw the line now. Brilliant. I'm pressing the button, Michael. I'm pressing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Powerhouse Hobbs' entrance. Yeah. I said this on the news. He looked about seven foot tall. Mm. Came out the middle bit. Adrenaline in my soul. It's Willie Hobbs. Let's f- go. <laughs> it's great seeing him come under the air. Oh, he comes out. Like I say, I hate him for what he did to Starks. I gotta respect that entrance, mm. and yeah, Rex, poor Ren Jones, uh, crushes him in the corner. Oklahoma Stampede, Lariat, squash win. 
Post-match, Ricky Starks comes out to get his own back on, on Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. And because of that bloody referee, he allows Hobbs to recover just long enough to hit that huge spine buster. I'm so glad, you know, sometimes just the basic stuff, like just give him a move, mm. right, that has been a, that is just, you know, used to be big and it's kind of just, you know, what is it, a DDT, is it? Diminished returns because yeah. of overuse, yeah. I'm sorry, if, if Powerhouse Hobbs hit me with that spine buster... I'm not walking for the rest of the year. Just. He looked massive here. Yeah, no notes on the whole thing because you nailed this. And here it is, right? This was the segment where a big thing happened and it felt like a big thing versus a lot of big things happening on this show and you going, oh, that big thing just happened. This felt hot. This match is hot. This feud is hot. This thing has been brilliant. It's going to rule it all out. It's going to be the match that Ricky Starks has and wins that backs up all those, all that big talk of his. Um, and the squash, like we talk a lot about the successes of certain AEW squashes. I want, when it happens and when it happens so quick and impactfully and like throwing it back to say like Lance Archer early in the pandemic, you know when somebody is absolutely brutalized by something on Twitter and then there's like a really dank reply and it's like, a, it'll be like a SpongeBob meme or something and they've just gone, Dead and it's DED. Mm. It's not even. It's not like yes. Can't even stick the A in there. Dead like that. I want. I want that feeling on behalf of the jobber. Like, how do your day at work go, darling? Dead. Like, just, <laughs> wants, just wants to go to bed. Doesn't want to talk about how they were absolutely murked by Hobbs. All of this was brilliant. Well done, everyone. Eilish or Eilish? I'm butchered her first name. McColgan, mm-hmm. the Scots uh, Scots woman. Oh, Liz talking. McColgan's daughter. Liz McColgan. Wow. That in front some- of her mom. That speaks to my age that I can remember Liz yeah. McColgan winning. Yeah, go and check it out if you haven't. It's it's a really nice clip on. Uh, she on. was gr- like Liz McColgan could go. Like yeah, yeah. like I remember like certain six twenty six years on. I think certain athletes get famous. Like it's it's not the easiest thing to get famous in athletics, is it? No. But like Liz McColgan could go. She was like she would do the like win the gold medals and stuff, and then like she'd make it onto like the U bet circuit. Or she'd be like uh, celebrity stars in her eyes or whatever. It's like <laughs> there's certain ones like the like the mainstream crossover stars. Uh, you know, like I, I like Liz McColgan. Uh, another Miro promo talking about his uncertainties, whether God has sent a visitor that's talking to him. More mm. teasers about him and the hairs of leg. Oh, boy. Um, and then uh, we got Darby Allen. That's not going to come out in the wash. Tattooing on his own hand about the coffin match uh, with uh, and the coffin drop he's going to hit Brody yeah. King with on next week's show. My favourite thing about this was um, we know AEW listen, but apparently they also watch. Because if you pull up the graphic to it, it's quick by, we were saying quick at the lake, but it's quick by the lake. Um, or I was getting that wrong. The graphic of this match is all like spooky. Uh, Brody King looks like uh, Ric Flair on our new thumbnail from two days ago. Yes. So go and treat yourself to that. It's This looks great. The aesthetic's brilliant. The match is going to rule. Darby Allen's a dweeb and I hate him. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, I've just got confused with my notes here. I think I've got them from 2002 because it's Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy now. <laughs> Do you know what I said? Like, the way you sort of framed all that, I was like, can Patrick do an interview on this show? <laughs> um, yeah, what would you make of this? It was crap. It was as we what anticipated. What do you want me to make of this? Like, the sort of... God, it was like, stupid that Matt Hardy got so much offence, I thought. Like, it went on such a long time. Matt Hardy got so much offence. And, like, the only thing that was more of a heavy lift than Matt Hardy's opening match double leg was Excalibur calling it a double leg. (laughs) (laughs) Did they? You know, there's been a lot of... People don't like it when you do this. You had some real fun with this once upon a time. People do not like Edge and Christian comparisons. 
Oh, yeah. They do not like that at all. You cannot. And it works both ways, right? This is not like an anti-WWE thing. If you make a comparison one week and it's like, why do people compare them, guys? Come on, just enjoy all the wrestling. Enjoy Edge and Christian. Um, it's just for some reason, there's a real hair trigger on these Edge and Christian comparisons. Like, you want to treat yourself like if you want to, if, if somebody wants to go two-footed on the AEW corner of that divided audience this week, do a side-by-side of Edge ripping through Dominic with a spear and then compare it to Matt Hardy's double leg on Christian. Is it, is it like a switch? Can only one of them be doing good stuff at any one it's time? It's weird, man. It's like there's a real tenseness around this sort of, like when Christian had was having this like amazing run, just taking the piss, like working Kenny in these like classics, and it's like, you sure you made the right call, Edge, and stuff like that. You know, they're making you do, like Judgment Day stuff versus yeah, Jungle Boy. and like, Judgment Day, but yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're circling around talking about this match because this match absolutely stunk and it had no right to be on the show. I just thought, like, there was a bit of me that was like, like I said, I was watching this show going, "This is good," but I'm not feeling it. Yeah. And then there's always a point where, you know, maybe it'll get to to two thirds of the way through, and I that's when I start forming like, how just how good is this dynamite? Mm. Just how how hyped should I be when I get into the office? And occasionally I'll be going. Best dynamite ever, best dynamite ever, best dynamite ever. And maybe there's a botch or something happens yeah. and I go, oh, okay, right. It's not going to be the best dynamite mm-hmm. ever. And as soon as this match got set up and, I, and uh, I'm looking at the clock and it goes as long as it goes, I was like, yeah, all the, all the airs come out of this balloon, even if it was something that, like, even for people that may have, like, like we say, felt more for the, the, the split of the undisputed elite yeah. or, or whatever it may be, I just thought at this point, I was like, well... I like, it's gone. I don't want to like. I don't want to heap just muck over this whole match. Um, and I'll have no, when you've done the recap, by the way, the play. I'm not sure I can be asked. Well, I'll have nothing to add. Like this is the thing, right? I I can't be asked. I want uh, if anything, like such if, a weird. I just have Christian Cage record, dude. Right, and that's the thing. Like Christian Cage is out there having this match, and he's fine. You know, Christian Cage is having a fine match. Like is Matt Hardy all right? Like he didn't. He wasn't. I know. Like the Hardy Boys, they're not moving well. Blah, blah, blah. Like he wasn't. Like, was he even moving? Or Surely the move it? here is Matt Hardy, quite rightly, goes, you, you can't be saying that sort of thing about my brother. That's yeah. my brother, me and you, on Dynamite, right? And you just do, not exactly the same way, obviously, but you do Brock Lesnar Cena at SummerSlam. Yeah. And you go in, you go, right, this is going to be interesting. And Christian just runs through him. Yeah. And you suddenly go, oh, when he, when he, when he tries, he can give. Yeah. Like, I watched this match and went, oh, Jungle Boy's going to beat him then. Easy, no bother. A competitively technical match didn't tell any of the stories that no. they're telling at the moment. Like, Matt Hardy tried with the kind of, they're not going to start with a lockup. He's going to, and Christian rolls exactly. out the ring. But, I mean, but then the double leg was an absolute criminal disaster. Like, uh, there are there better, honestly, there are, and like, there's better connection in a Lash Legend match than there was this attempted takedown by Matt Hardy on Christian when the two can do this together in the sleep and they can and a lot of this was done in their sleep and it was done in half the people in the building sleep as well because like there was no, like you were watching like wrestling I've said this before when like wrestling is happening in front of you but that's kind of a criticism of bad agenting because yeah. normally what I mean there is a good match is happening and I'm not feeling anything mm. this wasn't even that this was just two blokes bumping into each other in front of you like it wasn't even energised it didn't like, once they got the kind of, man, these two really want to get to each other out of the system in the first minute and a half, you kind of you have to keep that energy throughout. Otherwise, what was the point in starting that way? I, I, I didn't get this. I did yeah, not I, get it. Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll say this. 
I understand that there you go. The finish is Matt Hardy's so desperate to cause pain to Christian Cage. He does this stupid thing to try and put him through this table. He overexerts himself. Christian's smarter. Mm-hmm. Christian's more wily. Boom, that happens. He sends him back in the ring. Kill switch one, two, three. Yeah. I get that that was the, what you're trying, story you're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. But it, I was just like, bloody hell, Christian's been taken to his limit here by Matt Hardy. I, I just And Matt Hardy got so much offense. Like I say, he, you know, Christian, you know, takes control, sends Matt into the steps to take us to commercial. I'm just going to cliff notes it, bollocks to it, right? But then we come back, Matt's superplexing him, back body dropping him. Yes, you know, Christian counters a twist of fate, but then Matt hits a bloody diving elbow drop. Mm. I, I, I'm, not, I'm really not sure what it was. We Side was, effects, you got all of Matt's offense, basically, apart from a twist of fate. I, I don't know what we were supposed to be watching. You know, like how Christian... If he's not having like total rippers or involved in like a super emotional storyline, the whole point is, well, like what a benefit he's going to be to some young guys to get to work with a Christian. Yeah. To a lesser extent, like that with Matt Hardy too. Like the experience. I'm not, I've never taken a goddamn bump in my life. Fair play to Matt Hardy for still going. Like the, the, the stuff he's been through, like I'm sure there's loads of young guys that would want to work with him for the same reasons, right? I mean, face Griff Garrison or something. What are they doing with each other? Yeah, what like. Have Griff Garrison or Brian Pillman Jr. go, right, you've been kicking the shit at me with your bloody dinosaur previously. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's see how you are. And he's still great because mm-hmm. he's Christian. And they get something from it because it's like the, the stuff we don't and see. St- and it would still make, it'd make more sense that he wanted to concert yeah. him afterwards. And like Griff Garrison gets like one near fall and it's really hot because he's just nearly beaten yeah. Christian. I, I, I just thought this was like a strange, like if, if, and this is the thing, if you were having the dynamite of your life because of all these events that had actually popped off in the way you would have liked, this would have ground it to a halt. the brakes on, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, yeah, Hardy goes for a elbow drop off the... Side of the apron after being on there for ages. Um, <laughs> Everything took ages. Goes to the table. Christian sends it back in. Kill switch. One, two, three. Post-match, Christian's setting up for the concerto on Matt Hardy. Jungle Boy's music doesn't hit. Obviously, he's been ejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Luchasaurus's music does. Christian's still a bit concerned. And then you see Jungle Boy, who I think they said had bought a ticket. Yeah. Comes from the crowd with a Christian is a pussy t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, and Christian, yet again, bails. But this time, the Invisible Wall stops Jungle Boy going after him. What is going on with Luchasaurus? <laughs> Why did he help Christian those weeks? Well, it made sense. They sort of tried to explain it last week, didn't they? Jungle Boy said the only reason that he was doing it was he was making sure no one could get to Christian until I could. Yeah. But, I mean, he beat up some people pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not really he's completely kind of, He's kind of cruel, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, let's move on. Daniel Garcia's backstage quite rightly says submitting the American Dragon was his biggest was the biggest win in AW history. He's the Dragon Slayer. Great. Uh, and when he comes back, he's going to slay the Dragon again. Mm-hmm. I thought good. Yeah, I'll have another go at that. Uh, Pack defended his All Atlantic title against Connor Mills in a video package, um, and then we get Ethan Page in mm. the ring with a mic. He wants to know why. Why is he not on TV every single week? Why is he being overlooked? He deserves better. In the midst of all this, we see Stokely Hathaway walking down to the ring. Um, Paige complains and complains and talks about, you know, oh, you crowd are cheering for me now, but you still buy those bloody orange Cassidy and CM Punk t-shirts and not my t-shirt. Which was nice because he constantly held his back to Stokely and didn't know that they were cheering for him. Mm. So even in that moment of delusion, like he, he, in his mind, he's thinking, well, yeah. Like, why won't you buy my shirt? Mm. It's And he needs those merch sales because I've discovered, I think it was Chris Van Bleet. I mean, shout out to him anyway because I love him. Uh, Ethan Page, different shirt every single time he's on telly. Wow. Never wears the same shirt twice. I like that. Which is a nice that. touch. Speculant Seth Rollins 
tick, isn't it? Mm. And Stokely Hathaway, as you say, he finally realises that he's in there after he's moaned and moaned <laughs> and moaned. Uh, and uh, Stokely says, what are you doing? Mm. And he whispers something in his ear. And then Ethan takes his business card and walks out with him. Good. Yeah, again, like a, a, a cool development. Like Ethan Page's, as we said, with um, like Stokely's business in general, as good as the Stokely and Jade Cargill and the baddies thing looks long term, that's not what we're all here for. No. Like think about why you've got a manager that can Did talk. You whispered do you want to be a baddie? <laughs> yeah. Everyone he's assembling is just to be a baddie. I just, I just I like this. I'm sure everybody likes this pairing. Stick it on the list of things that like you would want to see written down, but then didn't feel mega hot as it was yeah, happening. But, but I liked it. I like a, it. I'm, I'm withholding judgment because I'm slightly concerned this is going to happen and then nothing's going to happen for three weeks and then they're going to go, do you remember the Stokely Hathaway, Ethan Page thing? And I'll go, what's this? Well, yeah, like the men of the year are finished, I guess, mm. as of this. Or does Scorpio Sky next week be like, well, what's going on? And I just want Stokely Hathaway to absolutely ether uh, your man. Oh, crikey, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. What's his name? Well, Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert, yeah. Uh, stars of the Let's show. Let's go. Stars of the show backstage. That means two point of course. Oh my god! Matt Menard does. It. I mean, I can't do it justice. I say this sometimes for like epic promos and stuff. It's just him putting over Le, Le Champion. Puts him over two times. He's so good. We Brilliant. love him so much. We love both of them. To be fair, because Parker's there as well. Yeah, and he goes, "You getting smart, Tony? You know what you're getting." And he's like, "The flick knife, flick." Comb. Amazing. Is that for sale? Because if it isn't, it should be, and someone should buy it me for my birth. It was, appar- it was apparently for sale in France when I was younger because people would go on school trips to France and come back with flick combs and go, like, it's a comb. No, no. And I was like, wow, where'd you get that? Paris. And all the way to freaking France on a school trip and you bought a comb. <laughs> things, are real, things are real loser here. Um, aye. It's great, man. These, Sorry, these are brilliant. Anna J was great. Parker squares up. You get smart, Tony. <laughs> Huh? He's sleeping with the fishes. No. Um, he says everyone should appreciate them and appreciate the JAS and their newest member, Anna JAS. She gets fired up. I think it's just like, you know, like contact highs. Yeah. I think it's just being around them two. She gets fired. She's like, I'm the fucking sexiest. I'm the toughest. I'll choke anyone out. You. And just goes and puts a Queenslayer on a staff member, I think. It's great, right? So there's a, there's a side energy to the JAS. So you've got like Chris Jericho as this leader. And as a group, they're all for him, right? That's the, the point of it. And Daniel Garcia is now getting this great run. He's just defeated um, Brian Danielson. He's a dragon slayer now. But these three kind of remind you that like, you do not want the JAS to turn up at your house party. Like they've got this really awful vibe where like you kind of want to stay as, like, as far away from them as possible because if this is the energy they keep all the time mm. you can't keep that yourself it's just negative and it's toxic and hey, it's vile hey man I think I think they're doing I think these guys are doing drugs in your bathroom no they're like that all the time <laughs> this is just them <laughs> uh, right now it is time for the dumpster match we're scissoring in the studio that's yes, right yes we are uh, the acclaimed versus the gun club Put your trousers back on um, Austin and Colton come out with Billy, of course. Um, they didn't do my spot. Came close. I was a bit of me that thought, oh, can we talk about Max Caster's trousers? He had real dog tights on, and yes. that's all I... That and the... Uh, the stop, shit, Bowens, Ma- yeah, Bowens had uh, trunks on as well. Yeah, yeah. With scissors instead of kisses. And uh, it was... Was it Austin or Colton? 
Doing the road dog uh, shit, rattle and roll punches yeah, and all that. Austin, maybe. that. That's all the road dog I need. Thank you very much. Yeah. It was great. No more. No more. No more. Enough. Uh, Gun Club are making their entrance and the acclaim run out and attack them. And I go, oh, huh. we're not getting the rap. Yeah. But they beat them down so much because they <laughs> clobber them all with trash cans that, uh, oh, we got time. Yeah. Hear my music. Yo, listen. Um, Combo of two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, the line from Max Caster. Number two, the face from Anthony Bowens. Amazing. He's going to make <laughs> the ass boys retire like Vince McMahon. Wow. Was, everybody enjoyed that. Everyone. Everyone enjoyed it. Loved that. It's like there was a fallout meme. Everyone liked that. <laughs> Bowens nailed this in the cartoon shock. It's funny. So him doing the kind of like just open mouth. It's that rap battle. Right. So there's an element of that. But... It was so expressive, it was almost if like, what if he's got power one day again and we need a job there? Like, there was this moment of like, oh, God, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> like, that was great, too. Loved it. Really See, loved uh, it. Cena shared a photo of Caster on his Instagram. Oh, he's li- he's got a cheeky Instagram. That's his game, isn't it? He likes sort of shouting people out tacitly. Dr. Thugonomics going to AW. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're laughing. Afternoon, afternoon news. <laughs> uh, right, Gun Club, anyway, recover whilst they're busy rapping uh, and attack. Bowen sort of slumped over the side of the dumpster, so they just slammed the lid on his head. Uh, they powerbomb uh, Bowen's into it. Send Caster in as well, but just before they can shut both lids, uh, they prevented them. That's where I did it on the scissor spot. Yeah. Wouldn't there be it better, was. wouldn't it? There it was. Be better, Tony. Sorry, mate. Anyway, uh, but because they've been in the bin, they find some cookie sheets. <laughs> Bonk off of both of them. That takes us to a break. Um, Bowen's gets shoved off the top of the dumpster through this pile of trash cans that they've set up. Um, the gun club are in control, basically. They set up a table. Uh, Colton suplexes Caster on the stage, and they hit the Colt 45 on, on Bowens on the ramp. Uh, Austin goes up top one of the uh, entrance tunnels, and Bowens uh, is propped up on a table, but Bowens recovers, attacks Colton. Caster appears at the top behind Austin um, and sends him flying into the dumpster, and there's, like, spoof or something in it because it flows, <laughs> flies up when he gets sent in, which looks great. Bowen sets up Colton. Caster hits the mic drop off the top of the entrance tunnel through him, through the table. Colton gets shoved in the dumpster. They shot both lids. They win the dumpster match. And then, <laughs> so I'd insult to injury. And I kind of felt for them here because it was like a very narrow mm-hmm. bit of like, yeah, if you go wrong here, this is just going to get trapped in a little gap that they've got it the lights and like pyro in. trolley, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm bad enough, yeah, pushing a trolley around bloody Tesco's. Yeah. So they zip tie the lid shut, shove it off, and it it bundles over spectacularly. Really, I, scary. I hope they're all right. Yeah, I hope they're okay. That was really scary. Like it, it was it wasn't necessary, but you could see that was what where this was headed when the dumpster was on the stage and it was p- positioned as it was. It was quite like like I hope they're all right. That's all. I'm not like doing a safety police bit here because it looked amazing. Of course, it did. It's an important like moment in the outlaws. I think the, the fact we didn't see into the thing was, was talk, spoke volumes. Yeah. In terms of presumably how much bloody padding they've got in there. Like it was, a, it was an important moment in the outlaws career mm-hmm. in getting over the way they did. And like, that was a, you know, that's what we, it's dumpster stuff. That's, that's what mm. this was all about. It's trash day. Trash day. Uh, it was pretty scary. The match was, and it, like, but it looked cool. And I was glad that like, Bowen's got around and pulled before they both just tried to push. Cause imagine if they were both pushing, it was going nowhere. It looked a bit ungainly. Yes. Didn't it? The match was I got vibes of that mania where they almost cut the entire power to the, the thing. Yeah, like just goes over the wire. Oh, uh, where are you going? Like sets one fire. Sets off. the fire out. Sets just... one of Jericho's flames off. Something. It was good enough, this. It wasn't 
It's such a thing in this episode. It's fun, like, he's just jumping off and ramping through a table. Why am I not leaping up and screaming? Yeah. I, I, I cannot... Right, has, has Brock Lesnar lifted the ring with the tractor broken everything? <laughs> like, that was... Wow, I, I can't stop staring at this ring. It rings up. Dad, <laughs> Dad, the ring's up. Right? The amount of people who've messaged me or even, like, the missus... Because obviously they know that I work for what culture. Yeah. Who've come up to her and gone, have you seen that Brock Lesnar thing? <laughs> like, it's it's gone viral. So they've done what they wanted to achieve. But I think, like you say, it's some broken quite a lot of wrestling fans' brains. I, my um, my wife has a real irrational dislike of Brock Lesnar. Um, because Fix that immediately. <laughs> on our, as I said before, we were at a Raw on our honeymoon 10, well, 12 years ago now. And it was the one where John Cena was like supposed to go, be gone forever. And then he beat up the Nexus. <laughs> And he says, I remember it. guys, I might have to go away for a while, but I just want one last taste. And it was like, come on, guys, give me your best. And you remember the Let's Go Cena, Cena sucks mm-hmm. when he orchestrates it, plays conductor. And she's like, what the hell is this? This is amazing. Who's this guy? So she always like quite liked John Cena. And then she just dips in and out through me, through osmosis. She thinks about Walter. Well, she says he's very handsome. Oh, okay, good. She says he's very, very handsome. She says, you. like, she, well, she was like, I wouldn't recommend an extremely long-term relationship slash marriage with him, but like, <laughs> I think he's very handsome. And now... Uh, Oh, he knows how to handle a bag of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good with a spoon, uh, especially a magic one. The SummerSlam match where he just decimates him uh, in the Extreme yeah. Rules match where he just bludgeons him. She's like, what's he doing to him? That's, he's a bully. That seems guy. really unnecessary. So, like, doesn't have much nice things to say about Brock Lesnar. Um, he's got a man bun now, love. Come on. Well, right. So, like, she's not really seen Brock Lesnar post-pandemic. And I was like, you've got to see this thing. So I'm skimming along and I press play. And it's right when he's in the tractor with his uh, flannel yeah, on his hat, with a big old grin, like driving to the ring. His music still playing, yeah. boom, ba dum, boom. And she's like, "I mean, what's that?" Like big smile because I was like, "He's got you. He's absolutely got yes. you." What's happened to him? And I was like, "Oh yeah, he's a he's a cowboy lunatic farm boy now. It's <laughs> it's amazing. Like, what's he going to do with that?" And then I showed him where he's like, he's doing his own dancing intro on the bucket from the thing. Oh. And it's like, oh, all right, yeah, it's pretty good. I was like, no, no. Hold on. Yeah. So she thinks she's seen the thing that I wanted to show her. And then, like, she's just in disbelief at the ring going up. Like, it's the push first. And, like, Michael Cole goes, like, God damn it! Or something like that. Because there's a ring coming. I think he's going to fly in yeah, yeah, there's a ring coming for him. And she was like, you can't do that. And I was like, wait there. <laughs> and then the whole thing goes up. And, again, perfect reaction. I love it. I love it when she does this, like, is that meant to happen? And I was like, it is. And look at it. And she was like, all right, that's pretty great. And I don't know. Like... The table spot is the sort of thing that you just should be, mm. like, maybe it's a context thing because it was a dumpster match instead of a main event for a title, or maybe it was on television instead of, maybe if it was on pay-per-view. You know, if this was a spot in Anarchy in the Arena, you'd be like, yeah. you'd be like everything's gone ape at this point, and, like, somebody's appearing at the top of the ramp, and da 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 But it was just, like, maybe because the dumpster match itself is, was more knockabout than violent. And you that, don't have to pin him straight away. You yeah. would go, oh, okay, they've done that, now they've got to get him in the dumpster. And, and I was nervous, that because I knew what he was going to go for, that he was going to clip his legs on the dumpster. You know, because he was siding yeah. his body. I knew that was what he was going to go for, and it was a bit like, ah. Oh. So, really great. Well done, everybody. Why am I not squealing? Mm. I don't know. I, I lo- I'm, I'm fascinated to see what people's reactions are to this. Give us, give us your numbers. Give us your, ra- your ratings and your feelings. Yeah, yeah, so you check the tweet in a bit. Uh, right. Uh, then they went, time to check out what happened to Ric Flair's last match. And I went, what? Cool, this man. Like, just AW, this is what AW should be here for. Like, the only clips you shouldn't be able to see on a Dynamite are the ones from Raw and SmackDown and NXT. Because why not have access to yeah. everything else? The All-Atlantic title's cool. Footage of a Battle Royal on another card is cool. Mance Warner versus John Moxley for one night is cool. Like, just 
great. Like, this should be wrestling. Yeah, we are going to get uh, Mance Warner versus John Moxley on Rampage. Uh, championship eliminator because he won the Bunkhouse Battle Royal at Ric Flair's last match. Uh, and we'll preview that on uh, tomorrow's Rampage. I think we'll do a Rampage Battle of the Belts combined preview. Cool. It's probably easiest. I didn't see who he last eliminated from the Battle Royal, but it's just some guy off a loser podcast. Yeah, no idea. Yep. Um, irrelevant. Um, right, <laughs> then it was time for the main event. Chris Jericho versus Wheeler Yuta. William Regal on commentary. And because, of course, Double uh, L uh, are ringside, Claudio comes out to even the numbers, yes. which makes sense. Love that um, little whispery, uh, I'm Claudio goddamn Castagnoli, in the uh, the build-ups of the Castagnoli. Yes. Amazing yeah, stuff. Yeah, I forgot about that. They sort of, like, every time he speaks, that it's just the whole thing's going to get... Like, people don't connect, Steve. You Swiss. Mm. You stupid old bastard. Resign. Resign in disgrace in six, eight years. <laughs> I can't believe that he's only going to hold that title till Saturday. I know. Such a shame, eh? And the best wrestler in the world right now is going to win it. Take it back to Japan with him. Honestly, he's coming to my life, this this lad. Yeah. I love him. He's great, isn't he? Don't leave, can <laughs> Anyway. Come right, you can stay around mine. Yeah, I've got a spare room. I've got a birthday party soon. You will come. Will you come to my birthday party? You want your wrestling? Come after. Yeah. Uh, right, Jericho Uta. Um, immediately, like I say, you got, you got uh, Parker and Angelo. Uh, sorry, I should be giving his real name right here. Cool Hand Ange. Yeah. Uh, Daddy Magic, Magic are out there. Pretty much immediately, Cool Hand <laughs> Ange grabs you as boot and they go, you gal. <laughs> it's like, it's like you say, if you invited him to a party, you're like, don't break anything. Okay, I'm just going to go and get the door. Uh, Adam, I broke your bars. What? <laughs> Two seconds. Immediately they get ejected, and because he's a baby face, Claudio leaves as well. With his own volition, yes. There you go. Um, Jericho cuts Uter off uh, before we go to commercial. He dominates through the break, uh, and then Uter comes back with an atomic drop and an enziguri. They both go for crossbodies. They're both down. They both just start trading slaps in the center of the ring. Mm. Uh, Uter hits his... His move now, apparently, the German suplex yeah. is four of them. Bridges, two count. Jericho comes back, puts him in the walls of Jericho. Yuta has to crawl to the ropes, um, but he recovers, sends Jericho out to the floor. Suicide dive after suicide dive after suicide dive. It's a diving crossbody for a near fall back inside. Uh, Jericho hits an underhook backbreaker. Yuta, though, counters a lion salt, climbs up top. Jericho turns the dive into a code breaker for a near fall. But Yuta, using his experience and to the uh, glee of his uh, trainer on commentary, puts Jericho in the regal stretch. But uh, Jericho grabs Floyd the bat and they're like, we well, can't use that. <laughs> that gets him out of it. And that's when he hits the kick in the bollocks, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Because uh, the referee's, the referee's, referee's busy with that. Yeah. Uh, Uta manages to dodge the side effect, though. Uh, dodge the, the Judas effect, sorry. Um, and I 100% bought that seatbelt cradle because of what they did with Trent. Yeah. Previously, thought that was the finish. Fantastic near fall. But Jericho kicks out uh, and puts him in the lion tamer with the knee right in the back of the neck. Bends it's horrible, that. Bend it, bend it. Like, I, I, I get all edge. I'm like, I need this. Bend him more. Like, the years of... Like, I'm sure you put me in the walls of Jericho, I'd be like, this sucks. Mm. But because I spent so many years of him putting it on and going, well, this isn't getting the victory. Yeah. You remember when he used to like go, whoa, whoa, and then their legs would flip yeah, him yeah. or like that. I'm always like, ah, it probably doesn't hurt this. I seem to remember when we first got into wrestling, when we were doing like drama, and they're like, go off and create your own play for like 20 minutes, and the teacher's just going to have a sleep in the room. Yeah. She's probably been out the night before or something, <laughs> right? We just made a children's play that involved all of us putting different wrestling moves on each other. And I remember being put in the walls of Jericho and going, this hurts a lot more than it, they make it look like on telly, even though they should, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm always like, eh, eh, that's not getting the victory. Fucking Lion Tamer does, though, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. That gets the submission victory uh, from Wheeler Utah. Uh, post-match, Jericho still won't let go of it. He's torturing him. Moxie does his entrance. He is pissed off. He chases him out of the ring, and Jericho gets on the ramp and says, you know, next week, Quake, which one is it? Quake by the lake. Thank you. Quake by the lake. I believe I even possibly put it in our write-up yesterday. It's Quake at the lake, so apologies yeah. for that. That's everybody. Um, anyway, next week, um, you know, you basically you've you've wished for the wrong thing here, Moxie. You want, you know, you want the 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 last survivor of the dungeon. You know, you want Lionheart. Well, he's returning next week, and he's going to stretch this <laughs> out of you, John Moxie, <laughs> and win that title. I mean, I cannot wait to see Chris Jericho's Lionheart tights, those black ones with the yellow triangles in it. Oh man, yeah. I would describe this as really bloody lovely wrestling. Hmm. This was a great little match. Jericho, when I, when I say Jericho kept up with Wheeler Uter, I don't mean it in that sort of condescending, yeah. hey, hey, this Jericho kid can go. I just like, you know, Uter wrestles at a certain pace and a certain fury, and Jericho more than met him. Um, just a really earnest, good, physical exchange of two men's abilities in a convincing fashion where the better and more experienced man won on the night. I didn't leave this thinking that, well... Do you know what? In perfect contrast to the opener, where I left feeling, oh man, a young guy, not young, Cassie, like an uprising yeah, yeah, star's yeah. stock has really been damaged by this defeat. I left thinking, just wasn't your night, mate. Like, there'll be another day where you'll beat Chris Jericho because you could have had him tonight and it just didn't go your way. We got the one near four we asked for. Make me bite once and I'm happy. Yeah. And they did. Like, a really, really tremendous little bit of business, this, when it didn't even need to happen. They could have done the, I always go back to the um, Sean Spears Wardlow cage match, where it's like, you don't need to tell me this bit of the story. I, I know how this goes. Like, they didn't need to do this bit of the story, but they found a way to do it and make it entertaining. Yes. The stakes were all this needed. Jericho was made to, like, look a bit of a fool. He showed his arse on Rampage, and tonight he got to be the experienced guy so you can believe for seven days that he might be the guy to dethrone John Moxley next week. Really, really, really good bit of business, this. Do you know what? I, a final thing I forgot to mention, really, mm-hmm. which I guarantee, I mean, I think he even mentioned it on commentary, Regal's gone. Yeah, you target that. <laughs> Anytime, like, Jericho started rolling early on, you would just go, bump in his yeah. face because he's got a broken nose because, of I, course, you would. And Regal's probably gone, yeah, even if you don't really need to hit him in, in the nose, hit him in the nose. He needs to start with the headbutt right to the bridge of the nose that match next week, doesn't it? <laughs> like, bleeding from the first second. Son of a bitch! Like, Jericho's nose explodes, Moxley's head bleeds because yeah. that's all that happens now and the there two of them are off. <laughs> off. Off to the races for Quake by the lake. By the lake. I'm slowly learning. <laughs> Uh, right, let us know your thoughts, please do, and your rating for this show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflitz at Podcast Horseman. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Uh, follow our esteemed colleague at M. Sidgwick and read his brilliant book, Becoming All of the Rise of AEW, uh, which is available by on Amazon right now. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, including, as I mentioned, uh, our preview of Rampage and Bell of the Belts 3 mm. tomorrow. Uh, but for now, this has been the AEW Denny <laughs> to review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to Adam Blair once again. Yes. For and we will see you soon hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.